0: Hey, I'm Blake Francis. I'm a millennial and I've never listened to a podcast in my life. So the only comical thing to do is to create a series of audio goodness where I have a yarn to some interesting people I've met in my time. And the challenge is I'm rallying my co-hosts using only the mates' currency, a slab of beverages. Strap yourselves in because who knows where this could go. It's Best Mates with Blake. Oh, g'day everyone. I'm back and I am super excited for you to be joining me for today's episode of Best Mates with Blake. Ah! Oh, it's been a long time coming, and I know that I have been fit into a very, very busy schedule between a couple of little toddlers you know a traveling tv show uh all these other ventures but i'm so glad that i'm joined today by my next guest charlie robinson thank you so much for joining me
1: like it is so good to see your face but where the hell is my slab because i'm sitting here alone in tasmania with a little water is that what you provide me with Oh,
0: I don't, look, I didn't get the rider. Where's your manager? I didn't get the rider beforehand, no, this chat.
1: I, I heard your intro. You said you're doing it for a slab. Well, come yes.
0: on. Yes, oh, no, I know. I, I should I should provide this as I talk to you, shouldn't I? Not just like you know, post-chat.
1: Totally. You'd get a lot more out of me if I had a wine in my hand or a beer, I tell you. <laughs> but let's
0: see how um, we go
1: with water, shall we? Cheers.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I got some here as well, so Cheers. <laughs> look uh like i said thank you so much for joining me it's so so good to see your face because uh we met i would say i've been in radio world for nearly a decade now like just under a decade and we met uh at the start or just about at the start of my radio adventure um because you were doing uh, breakfast radio at cfm on the gold coast and i just started there as a as a promotion you know street teamer and that was so much fun for me to get into media but also to work with yourself and you know talent in general was amazing i do have to admit this will be me admitting something i was so smitten the very first uh, event that we did in radio where you came down and you were part of the the, uh, the event as well. Rabina Town Centre, I think it was. That's a good memory of yeah. me for 10 years ago. Uh, but we, oh my God, I was so smitten. I was so happy that I got to meet you. And look at us now, decade on, we're like best <laughs> mates.
1: <laughs> you know what though? You always stood out of everyone that you were working with, whether you were doing promotions or whatever you're doing, you always stood out as having talent. Like, that was just a given. You could just rely on you for anything. And, you know, there's some people that you just remember in your career. You're definitely one of those people for me.
0: Oh, I really, really appreciate that. That that gets me so warm and fuzzy. That's, uh, that's <laughs> so, so nice. It does. It does. Because, you know, you can only hope as well in the media industry because it is so small and it's so uh, mm-hmm. internal that, you, know, you don't want to burn bridges. You want to create some good lasting relationships with people because you never know when an opportunity is going to come up and you might have to network and pull on past Uh, relationships as well and i'm so glad that i left a lasting impression on yourself and like i said look at us now we're having a great chat and you know the appreciation goes both ways so i really do thank you for that
1: that's a pleasure and you know what what you just said is quite profound and it's interesting that a lot of people don't understand that though not burning bridges and you know always that's kind of the theory of my career what I've always done is you just give every job you have a hundred percent and then it always seemed to lead to the next job that's literally how my life has gone so um yeah when I see sometimes when I interview um people off I'm not going to name names but like straight off a reality show maybe and they're in their big moment of fame and they come in and they won't take their sunglasses off and they're rude as anything. And, you know, they've got an entourage around them and you think, just chill, relax, because you're gonna need us when this bubble isn't there for you anymore. And now I literally can't even remember their names, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) they act like they're just the biggest acts. And the bigger the person is, the more relaxed they are. Whether you were interviewing um, Slash or anyone like that, that have been around for years, they're so chilled to interview. But these ones that are fresh come in and won't take their sunnies off and you think, oh, man, they should listen to Blake and they'd be, like, loved.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice. I'll hold you to that to tell everyone that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Now, it's so refreshing as well that you're so grounded because – We'll get into your backstory. So obviously people will know your face, your name, your singing, uh, your vibe, your dancing, all of the above. Maybe, from-
1: only if they liked <laughs> kids' music when they were little. If they didn't have good parents watching High Five, they'd be like, who the hell is this chick? Uh,
0: well, no, look, I would say there's got to be a very, very, very small minority of people who didn't grow up with High Five. Charlie was one of the original... Uh, members of High Five on there with four other people. And God, if you didn't grow up with High Five in your in your childhood home, what were you doing? Seriously, you're a in the wrong place had, to listen nah, to this.
1: A lot of people had hot potatoes, I tell you.
0: <laughs> well, So do you reckon Wiggles and High Five were the most, like, you know, in contention childhood groups in your mind?
1: I think the Wiggles were something else. Like, they had been around for years. Years and years and years before we came along. And I think what High Five did was we were designed to fill a niche that was more like the Spice Girls meet. A children's program so our music was supposed to be more pop focused but right. all educational at the same time so it was supposed to fit in a genre that wasn't there we would catch up with the wiggles every time we went to the arias that's where i'd always see yeah. them and there was never rivalry as much as we loved to joke about it because they were the epitome of children's entertainment and we just came in and i think just like you and i can have so many bands that we love Children should have choices of music that they listen to as well. And you can love the wiggles as much as you love high five just on different days.
0: That's yeah, kind absolutely. of
1: the way I saw it anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. It's a it's a really interesting point of view that you guys came in and especially with your direction. Like you said, the spice girls of the children's world. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a pretty interesting uh yeah, niche to try and fit or avenue to try and take. As you said, the wiggles were established, they were loved, they were known and to to try and come in and do something similar yet, you know, I, I don't know, for kids, was it edgier to say Spice Girls if you're trying to like use that angle? Like who knows? We, we were very, very young. We had no idea we what was tr- going on.
1: <laughs> we were trying to be cooler. But look, it's a better thing to say Spice Girls than them saying, we want you to be like Teletubbies. Um, that would be different. <laughs> so, we were cool with Spice Girls. That's fine.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you uh, started when you were about 18, 19, correct? In High Five?
1: 17. Oh, I had not 17. even flown on a plane. I couldn't drink yet. Or oh, like legally. Um. I was fresh as anything from a country town. So, to go oh, wow. from never flying in a plane to flying nine months of every year we toured the world, we did not come home. And then when we were home, we spent two months um, filming another TV series. And it was just incredible. And I did that for over 10 years. So, I really grew up on television.
0: Well, that's it. It's 10 years is a crazy tenure, 98, I believe, to 2008. You did about 10 seasons, roughly 430 episodes, I think, uh, for for what you said was the original High Five show. You probably then had little ventures spinning off from that as well during that time. But because you were 17, how do you even get found for something like that? Did you have to audition, or what was your Mm -hmm. process uh, leading up to that point?
1: Well, funnily enough, to take it back, I was one of those kids that just always loved singing, dancing, and acting. And even as a child, I wrote this letter when I must have been like 10, and I said, I want to be on stage, I want to perform, And I want to win Logies. Like that was when I was really little. And so I had this focus. And I think what was different is because so many people that I went to like dance class or acting class with had the same dreams. But when you start going to auditions and things get real, you hear no a thousand times. And what I watched was a lot of my friends, um, you hear no so many times and you actually just stop. And I think I had this drive that I just kept going. I, I knew in myself that's what I wanted to do. And there actually was no backup plan. There was no second choice. I think at one point I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, um, but that really wasn't going to happen either. So um, I had to make this work. So I just kept training. And I, went, I got an agent through just going to a photo competition in a supermarket, and I won that. So I won an agent for a month. And then I just started going to auditions, hearing no a thousand times. I did the audition for High Five and I had to use everything I'd done in my career. Like, well, I was 17. What career have I had? But anything Mm -hmm. in my training. Um, And then, yeah, the rest is history. It was like a roller coaster. And I remember thinking, I'm doing this show called High Five and I just hope that my mum, my dad, my sister see me on TV. And then we would start selling out concerts at London's, London's Hammersmith Apollo. We were selling more tickets than ACDC and Kylie for shows per week. We were touring everywhere. In Ireland, we couldn't even get out of our The Families would rock it to make us get out and sign more autographs. We couldn't leave. So it went from never flying in a plane and forgetting my um, passport when I had to go to New Zealand because I didn't understand I needed it, to having that kind of we were in Coldplay's tour bus. So as Coldplay got better in the UK in their career, our tour bus was pimped up like every year. So it's an incredible um quick transition. I thought it was 10 years in hindsight, it was an incredible roller coaster.
0: When you said 10 years and you said it was, you know, built to fame the group, the music, the notoriety Over that 10 years, do you think it was like after one year, you were known in Australia? After two, you know, how long did it take to actually break into the world media?
1: It was pretty quick because of the fact that the distribution went to New Zealand the same as time as Australia, pretty much. And I think Singapore was really quick afterwards. So, um, and then maybe it went to the UK. But we were played like twice a day over there. So it was almost like we were slightly, at one point, we thought like it's bigger in the UK than it even is in Australia. Um, and, but I think we won like an aria as soon as we started. I think it was like we just started winning low and Arias straight away in Australia. So it really was. It just worked and they said that at the audition because there was hundreds of people that auditioned and they put the five of us together and they said it was like magic happened. When they heard our voices, they knew that was the group. And it was just one of those times where it actually does work. Um, I think our personalities worked for the kids. I think it was a real new concept of not talking down to children. We were cast as their brothers and sisters um but for me personally being the youngest i look back and i think oh my goodness i wouldn't like drink i'd be like such a goody two-shoes it wasn't until i left that group and did dancing with the stars that then i learned to <laughs> drink and be a bit
0: different really anyway, yeah. i
1: really just digressed a lot from going to talking about children's tv to how i can drink vodka it was very different <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey i'm not complaining i love these little digressions <laughs> And I will run with it till the cows come home. So Imagine if we any... did have that slab. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. If this was uh, vodka, not water, who knew? Who knew? Um, <laughs> A really simple question coming off the back of it. Were you ready for that? Mentally, were you ready for that rise?
1: Uh, no, but... It was all we didn't know it was going to happen so as i said i just wanted mum and dad to see me on tv and i was so excited to perform and it was mind-blowing that we'd go out and in front of like the opera house and crowds and they'd know all our lyrics um for me my dad toured with me a lot because i was so young the others had been in bands before and done musicals touring so it was really different but um my dad came a lot with me and i guess you do also become quite in a bubble Um, you don't know how big it's getting. You just know that your concerts are selling out. So you're just constantly doing three shows a day wherever you end up, whatever city. Like right now I'm in Launceston and I know I've been here about 10 times. Wouldn't know the town at all because we just went straight to a theatre. We perform, we get on a plane and we leave. So that was our life, no matter where we went for 10 years. And it becomes very insular. You just know each other and your crew. And that's what it's like. It's actually, I know this sounds really bad, but it's actually quite a lonely lifestyle as well because you don't get to keep your friends. For me, i just left high school and whatever party they'd invite me to or maybe then their engagement party or their wedding, I was always saying no. And eventually those people give up asking. So you end up not having a lot of friends because you work so hard and travel.
0: Was there a point through that 10 years that you knew, ooh, okay, I've definitely gotten to this point of notoriety in the group as a band and this is what success feels like. I'm guessing at 17 you'd never really had that feeling before. How did you like how did you approach it and deal with it mentally as you were going through it? I know you said you had your dad there to probably really support you, which is Thank God. I, I say, like, have you have? I can't even imagine what might be going through your head. Or is it the other way where you just said it's so insular, you can't actually process it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that way because it's so insular. You just turn up. So um, you just fly somewhere and then you're just told what to wear, what songs you're singing and you get on stage and you do it. I think there was moments where I thought, oh my God, this is amazing for me when like I was hugging Olivia Newton-John as she left the stage and we came on once. Those moments where I went, oh my God, this is great. Or when we realized that we had enough arias to distribute them between my family. Like my parents could have a couple, I could keep a few, my sister could have, like those moments where you realize, we've got a bucket load of arias here or I know, I just used, yeah, I guess that's when you realize it's good. But it, although I'm saying it's a whirlwind, because it happens slowly and you just do what you're told and the things happen, you don't realize until hindsight when you leave how much you've achieved.
0: Was there any moment uh, that you wanted to go do something else?
1: Yeah, I tried to leave two years earlier than I did. So, and Channel Nine said, no, you're not going. And yeah. um, I ended up signing another two year deal. Now those last two years, cause we'd already lost a couple of members. Um, Kathleen and Tim had already left the group. And I yeah. loved the fact we had new people because it was just, it's invigorating when you um, have new people in the group, I guess. But um, because they told me, no, 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 you're not leaving. Um, just give us two more years, I really loved those last two years because I knew it was the last time I was touring all these little towns we're going to in the UK and, um, you know, the last time doing Carols by Candlelight with everyone and it was a real full stop on what had been an incredible journey. I'm almost 30 at that point. So it was and I'd started so young. So it was a great um, private farewell tour in my head.
0: So seeing the finish line was actually what you needed mentally to enjoy the rest of it. No doubt you were enjoying it Mm -hmm. as you went along, but putting that finale on it in your mind, you could go, look, I know what I'm doing. Let's just put it on cruise control and enjoy the rest of this journey.
1: Yeah, I got to say goodbye to all the kids that I'd met. Like it was, you know, touring, it was like the final, you know, and I was leaving the same day as our creator left as well. So for me, it was really a nice story the way that i ended the group i know for the others it was very rushed and wasn't um like one of them fell pregnant one of them had a motorbike accident one it was very so for me it was a really nice timeline that i did it on purpose and i think i was ready to not tour as much as well so that's why when i went on to the next few things that i started doing it was nice to just be at home for a little minute
0: do you still get stopped in the street by kids that watched well, not kids Kids back then, adults now, do you still get stopped and have a chat and people ask you questions about it?
1: Yeah, particularly if I'm wearing pink, I find that. Um, (laughs) If it's not that, it's my voice that people hear. So if I'm on the phone, even like to Telstra or something randomly, they'll say, is your name Charlie? Like they recognize my voice. So I think we were in the living room of people for so long. Um, they get to know you. And I'm like that now because I have a seven month old and a two year old, I'm watching play school a lot. And I reckon if I saw a play school presenter, I'd get all giggly because I feel like I know them, but they don't know me. And I now understand what people feel like when they see me because you're in their living room every single day and you grow up with these people. So um, yeah, I get it. But in saying that now I also realize how awesome high five was. Our songs are so cool. And our i think the show really works because i watch it on my two-year-old and i can walk away and that's rare in a show you can put on so just giving myself some props there but it was a great show
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey i'll back you up as well i'll give you all the props you need because it was a fantastic kid show and i for one and my brothers were uh were avid watchers back in the day so that's so so great. and i gotta ask as well You guys would have had so much merch. How is it? And no doubt that your little ones watching it, they've got to have a little bit of Charlie merch from High Five, surely, like a backpack or something.
1: My two-year-old Kensington is going to be like this old-school retro chick with the high-five things, her so friends won't know what they are. But she's got backpacks. She's got a doll of me, like a soft doll, like a Barbie doll. She's got umbrellas, lampshades, dooners, a hallmark birthday card thing of mine. She's got everything because my parents kept one of every bit of merchandise. She's got shoes. Like, it's just clothes with Charlie written on them. It's hilarious.
0: That is so wholesome, that is so, (laughs) so wholesome, (laughs) oh that's the best, oh oh, that's so good. Um, Now obviously moving after High Five, uh, you moved into doing radio, hosting in some way or another, radio, uh, TV, once it stopped, did you know what you wanted to do and you knew you wanted to do hosting or what kind of job were you after?
1: Oh, well, this is what I was saying to you earlier on where every job you have, you give it 100%. So I went straight from that to a show that probably no one remembers. It was with... Koshi and I was on the panel it was called Battle of the Choirs it was a Sunday night on channel 7 and I was on the judging panel it was like a reality singing show for choirs sounds really daggy I promised you it was really cool um, but the producers of that show were also doing Dancing with the Stars so I went from that job and then they were like hey come and do um, Dancing with the Stars so I did that job and then when you're on Dancing with the Stars you go around to radio stations and you try and make people vote for you and I went to Today FM trying to sell myself like like birds vote for me dancing with stars and then the boss there was like come and do a show um like a late night show and then the, within a few months i was doing the hot 30 countdown um nationally and then that turned into my own um national show called scoopla which i was hosting like 7 p.m and things like that it was a whirlwind and um I'd never aimed to be on radio like yourself. You're actually trained to be on radio. I was just talking as myself. And it took me a long time to stop being scripted. High Five was completely scripted all the time. So to talk as, as myself was a huge learning curve. And it's a huge credit to the Today FM boss at the time that believed in me and knew that I'd get there um, just to learn who I was without the script.
0: So working in media, and I can speak from experience as well, uh have been on the streets done little bits of like on air when you need it you know you know i would cross to you guys back in the day if i'm out on the street that sort of stuff but i and i think a lot of people like to know that they've got security in their job so they know oh i've got a desk job now that'll get me through until i'm ready for the next thing however with hosting and i know this from my own personal presenting ventures you don't know when the next thing is going to come up. So whilst you have a fantastic attitude of giving a hundred percent to every job, does your brain ever go, "Uh Oh, well, this is only a hosting job for X amount of weeks. I've now got to think of what I'm going to do next. Like at what point does your brain go, I could not earn an income after this.
1: Mm, I guess you've just made me realize that's one of those light bulb moments where you just realize I haven't felt that, and that's a terrible thing to say because that's not very um, relatable in that way for uh, people. But I guess I'd also, in behind all my radio stuff, I was working with Getaway for Channel 9. So I always had that as my um, TV work happening. So when I knew that I wanted to leave CFM, months before I actually told anyone that I was leaving, um, I'd already spoken that I to get away that I wanted to start doing a lot more stuff for them when I leave radio. So I'd set it up prior to leaving. And I think maybe that's what you do. I mean, it's a terrible thing. It's what some people do in relationships. They set up another one before they've got the courage to leave someone, you know, but it's that same thing I guess I've always... Um, yeah, you've made me really think there. I guess I had already the backup plan before I pulled the pin on one. It, and then... Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you've made me realize know. that. So I didn't, I didn't know. have a fallback. But like, but see, you're intelligent and wonderful enough to have a desk job. No one's going to hire me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? They'll just think I'm a joke. <laughs> can no, I work no, like of, a, anything on on the desk? Of no, course not. I can sing oh. about it. I can tap yeah. dance about it. Um, <laughs> so I guess I yeah.
0: No, no, no. Look, I think it's a great thing if you've gone your entire career and. A uh, very small light bulbs going off now going, oh crap, I I had a fallback, but I never really thought too much about it. I think for a career to go that long and only now it's like, you know, a little light bulb, that's, do not complain about that because you are doing everything right to obviously set yourself up for the next thing. So that's- Yeah, yeah I worked it's, hard it's
1: a, for it though. Like we, yeah, in High Five, we yeah. worked hell hard. So I think- um. And as you were saying, like I didn't burn bridges and I worked so hard when, and I made decisions that I could have just gone and partied and done things, but I really, you know, took the strict road on myself and I think from that I just met people in the industry that led me to the next job all the time. So, But in saying that, I thought now I'm having a baby, at, at last I get to stop and take a moment because I didn't even get to go to schoolies or do anything like that. I just didn't have those moments in my life where I stopped from high school. Um And that was like I had like a few months where I didn't work and it was amazing. But um, I'm fortunate in that position um, even during the pandemic to just have some getaway jobs and now I'm doing supercars as well, which is more like fun for me than work. I think you're making me realise though, but like I'm not, I've been doing it for so long, I've really just worked hard at it. And I think if you want something enough, you can't, Oh, but see, I shouldn't say that because you, I don't want, no, you've really made me realize it because you, you can't tell people, of course, like, like you love radio and you love what you do and you deserve to be on air, but see, you'll have someone like me that isn't trained in radio, come and take the job that maybe you should have had. Um, just because I'm known from TV, for example. And it's the same in my position. I'm a trained TV presenter, but someone from a reality show will come and take that job with no TV experience whatsoever, and they're taking our hosting jobs. Our our industry is just a cycle like that, so you have to think outside the square and do something like the podcast, or you you, you create your own business, and you know that if you are meant to be, it will happen again for you.
0: You mentioned getaway. Okay. This is the first time I've ever been able to sit down with a getaway host. And I feel like I'm speaking for the people here because that is the best presenting hosting job anyone could ever get. I need to know, is it as good as how it looks?
1: I wish I could tell you it's not, but hell, it is the best job Uh, in the world.
0: uh, I know, but look,
1: I will tell you though, for example, um, because I did my first story with them almost 20 years ago. I actually did it while I was still in High Five. And funnily enough, um, they are about to broadcast my very first, like 90 seconds of my first bit to camera that I ever did for them. And it's horrific. It is so bad presenting wise. I don't know how I'm still working for them. I've come, oh my God, it's embarrassing. And that's gonna be broadcast on channel nine. So um, it's one of those things that, yeah, I guess it came from High Five because I worked so hard in that show. And then I was given the opportunity of doing getaway and I was given the advice of I'm still a bit high fivey. We need to find who Charlie is and then present in that way. And that was huge advice. Rather than going off and sulking, I went out. I did so much training with a NIDA um, a teacher, like one on one stuff and worked on my um voice and my all these other things in behind the scenes while I was still in high five so just as knowing that I was going to be out presenting afterwards so you work on your craft you don't just sit back and think it's all going to happen for you and then just started doing more stories. Now, to make you feel better, we're not always staying in the place that we're promoting. So in those five, six-star resorts, sometimes we're down the road in a little comfort in. Um, the wine is not usually the wine. The food is often very cold because we've done so many takes and you don't end up eating it because yeah. it might be 8 a.m. and it's a dinner. Like there's little things I'll try and make you feel better. I don't get the massage. They just stick a penny in my ear and do two strokes. We get the shot and I'm done. so it's not always what you think and at the end of the day if you're watching a sunset and you're not there with someone that you love it really isn't as special like you're just with the crew and then you go rap let's race for the plane um we're there to inspire you as to what you want to do when you're going to holiday with someone that you love or with your friends it's yeah, we're doing a job so that you can take those holidays but I'm just trying to make it sound better, like, for you because I still just love when my phone rings and it's my getaway boss and I love hearing where I'm going to and, yeah, I'm one of those people that doesn't care if it's only in Australia as well. Like, I've always loved my Australian stories. I don't have to go overseas to all these big ones. Um, I just love the adventure.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I've noticed because I've, uh, obviously, working from home with COVID, uh, there's more... Times for for my eyeballs to be on the TV and getaway uh, pops up uh, a fair bit, and I've been watching Katrina Roundtree. Katrina Roundtree, mm-hmm. she yeah, no doubt they're probably just reruns, obviously now. Uh, but God, she's been to some insane places, and then like yourself, I have noticed and. Is it because you've got a family now that you do those local Australian ones? Obviously, the Gold Coast where you reside, uh, Far North Queensland, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is that the ones that yeah. you really like to do?
1: A lot of my Queensland ones were done during the last, um, like North uh, Far North Queensland and that stuff was during the pandemic. So we had to just have a Queensland crew do Queensland, Melbourne crew do Melbourne, New South Wales. But for me, yeah, I feel like I've just been pregnant for the last couple of years like literally that's what i've done so i had to work that way like i had to stay close to home i busted out a few singapore's and a few fiji's that i love um but besides those two i just stuck home and i just love it so last baby done not going again so (laughs) once my wings can start flying again (laughs) i'll be back (laughs) on the plane
0: (laughs) would you are you allowed to bring them on any of your shoots if it's like the local ones
1: yeah, I I do take them a lot. I even um, took, when I first went to Fiji, I took her with me up at um, Hayman Island. I just took the baby with me because I was still breastfeeding. Things like that. They're really accommodating. But we work so hard, sometimes we forget to eat. Like, we don't stop during the day. So, it's not an environment for kids. So, unless it's a child-focused activity, I won't be taking them again.
0: Oh, wow. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah I think I have seen uh, Little Mackenzie, uh, uh, sorry, Kensington. Kensington. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Right. Remember seeing little Kensington? I think in a closer shot of one of your episodes yes, one time. It was, it, uh, or was at the Heyman. kids' playpen. Yeah, the kids' yeah, play area or something like that. Yeah. Oh god, she's so adorable. Uh, little Kensington and Theodora. Yeah, that's uh yeah. Oh, So so cute. But um, <laughs> God, that's so what. I, I had a whole bunch of questions written down here about getaway because I was like, this is it. I'm asking them all. Um, but I think you've summed it up and there's obviously it is such an awesome job. What we see is, I think, the product of you absolutely loving your job as well. Uh, that's, like you said, you you do it 100%. Anything you do, you've got to love and life's too short to not do something you don't love. Um, and that's why... There like you go, that's it. Absolutely. I do radio and whilst I do, uh, do have a desk job of sorts, I'm in promotions. We do something different every single day and it's so much fun because we could be giving someone 50000 or or $100,000 one day in some extravagant way and we could be giving someone a, a mug that's a piece of merch for someone yet they think it's like you've won $100,000. It's the best thing ever. Totally. Um, so I
1: agree. It's it's an extraordinary position to be in, in promotions in radio but it's also, I mean, I always relate to this with what Airbnb has done for people to make money and Uber has. For radio, it's what podcast is doing. It's giving the people like yourself that aren't on radio every day the voice and, you know, to show your talents. And, you know, you're one of those people that should be on radio all the time. Um, So there is, and then you can look at what Channel 9 are about to play of me all those years ago at Getaway. I'm a shocker. It's not great. It's not great TV viewing, but somehow you just keep working at it. So for anyone out there that may think, oh, it didn't work for me or they didn't hire me for that role when I went for it, who cares? If it's what you really love, keep working at it because that's the difference between the people that make it and the people that don't. You just be that squeaky door that gets oiled. You just keep working at it. Take the criticism. Take it. Don't get cranky at it. So many people just get oh, oh, oh about criticism. Learn from it. It's the best. I'm just starting this new job now with supercars. It is just completely different to anything I've done. And it's the first time I've had people on social media say things about me and I'm just like, wow, I'm not used to that, but I could either let it really make me um, feel uncomfortable, but then you won't present the way you really should. Or I can just go, no, 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 no. You just don't know me, you know, and get on with the job and,
0: hopefully I'll win them over. No, hey, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It doesn't take long for anyone who knows you or wants to know you to to know that you are an absolute sweetheart and one of a kind. So it it will not take long for anyone at all. Now, I have two things uh, I want to play with you. They're fun little entertaining segments before we wrap up. The first one is the Best Mates Quiz. Best Mates Quiz. Best Mates Quiz. Yeah. So it's a quick... Ten, fire, 10 rapid fire questions this or that would you rather now it's, it's meant to find out a little bit more about you uh, how you would shape up as being best mates with me from my answers as well and if you've okay. got little fun stories behind something then let's, uh, let's share because it's always okay. good alright the best mates quiz with Charlie Robinson number one V8 supercars would you rather drive or be a passenger
1: oh um passenger can't get enough. Yeah,
0: don't want to take the control.
1: Um, I just know I won't go as fast. I'm all about the speed, <laughs> the G-force, and I'm going to get way more in with a pro.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you. I'm sure you've been in one before, surely.
1: Heaps can't get enough. Oh, Honestly, it is like heaven God. on four wheels. That oh, I can't. I'll could go on for so long about how much I like it. But anyway,
0: <laughs> oh, that's so so good. Ah, uh, physical book or an audio book? Physical. Physical, great, yeah, good old old school. I've never listened to an audio book either. Only physical oh, look. I'm going to be yeah. very
1: honest. I bi- don't really do either, but <laughs> I know that sounded better. Um, no, I'm not really into the whole podcasting listening yet. But that's probably because I've got two babies and I don't really have time.
0: Absolutely. Um, international holiday or domestic holiday?
1: I'm going to say domestic just because of where I'm at at the moment with yeah, my babies. But definitely love adventure. But yeah, probably domestic.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, manual or automatic?
1: Automatic. Sorry
0: oh, okay. <laughs> for
1: the rev head that I am. Yeah, I know I raised say. on supercars, but um, yeah, I'm totally automatic. I'm a machine. Oh,
0: what kind of car do you <laughs> drive at home? Is it like a you know an SUV, medium SUV, automatic? I don't know what yeah I, what I was always
1: terms. a jeep girl I was always a jeep girl at the moment I'm oh, in an nice. Audi R8 so um, but oh, I just nice. if I'm allowed to steal any of my partner's cars I do because they're just awesome but I'm that's so he doesn't cool. know Yeah, I have to sneak <laughs> them out of the garage <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great uh, credit card or cash
1: I have never had a credit card. I always have the cards that are linked to your savings account because I seriously believe if you don't have it in your account, you can't afford it. And I don't, I'm one of those people that would spend, overspend on their credit cards. So yes. I've never had one.
0: Oh, I'm the same as you. I've never had a credit card. Are uh, debit cards? Are they just attached yeah, to your savings Yeah, debit cards. That's what I've got. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, they're great. Uh, Ford or Holden?
1: oh you're not allowed to ask me that now um okay when I grew up it was probably more forward because I loved when I was a really little girl I loved Dick Johnson racing because I'd hear my dad telling stories about how he never won and all this bad luck happened to him so I would go to bed and I would get on my knees on Bathurst day and ask God to like You know i'd pray for dick and my parents would hear me say that and tell that story to their friends and it wasn't until i was older that i realized how bad it was that i'd tell people i pray for dick every year because i really wanted to win um (laughs) so yeah but as as i know let's just let it slide as the years go on though i'm more about the drivers um I, i became fans of drivers and they just keep switching all the time so
0: yeah. right god oh that is that's unreal that's a that's one of the teasers for this episode that's that's snip that <laughs> snip that right there <laughs> um fantastic uh, would you rather a mansion in the suburbs or a cabin in the mountains
1: mansion in the suburbs
0: mm. <laughs> love living that high life. <laughs>
1: I do. I am very blessed to have that right now. We have a beautiful property uh, on acreage.
0: Oh, that's so so nice. Yeah, that's that's unreal. God, I love I love both options to be honest, but that's not the game, is it? Yeah, hell, um, we should we should say <laughs> I'll take both. No. <laughs> uh, if you're in an orange light, do you stop or speed up to go through?
1: Speed up. Don't tell anyone.
0: Mm. Not with the kids I'm in the back great. though. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm just not great. I really do. I need to I need to just calm down, calm the farm. It's funny because Liam, my partner, is a race car driver and he drives like a policeman would on like he would he's so so diligent about everything. And I'm um, probably the lead foot.
0: Oh well I actually didn't expect that. Absolutely not. Mm, that's so mm, good. that's terrible. Uh, would you rather sunrise or sunset?
1: Sunset. Because all I see is sunrise at the moment. I need sleep so badly from my babies.
0: <laughs> That's so good. That was, was that a little cry for help? <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Read through the lines there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Save me. No.
0: Oh, so good. Uh, and last one would you rather be rich or successful?
1: Oh, um, successful, because you can be rich in love and rich in everything around you. It really sucks, though, when I know what it, that feels like um Hmm. to not have any money at all and living like dollar by dollar um and it's hard to see what's rich around you but i think we're getting to a place in society where we're talking more about that and you have to see it that way you just can't live thinking about the dollar like that but yeah so easy to say when you've got a job
0: yeah yeah it's true it's true uh we can't take anything for granted that's for sure um all right that that was best mates quiz you did very well there was a couple of surprising answers in there to be honest from uh from my point of view but You fared, we could be pretty good best mates. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Now,
1: if you had actually given me the slab that I deserve for speaking, you know, doing this, then this would have been a very different podcast. So there's a lesson for you. If you want to get more in-depth from your guests, give them the slab before or during. God knows
0: what I would have told you about High Five (laughs) Ben Oh God Hey I'm not ruling out uh, uh, You know A repeat offender on the podcast You're more than welcome to come back And I can do this I can offer that
1: (laughs) (laughs) No that'll be the X-rated version another time
0: (laughs) Yes absolutely Absolutely Uh, One last thing Uh, I do some deep dive research into my guests Uh, As a host You would absolutely know You've got to do your research for any interview And so So with that, I go to a really interesting place to find the real nuggets of gold and that's on page two of Google. Page two of Google. Because no one goes to page two of Google. Um, So I'm hoping there's some really interesting stuff there. Now, I did type in your name, Charlie Robinson, and there was a lot of uh, articles that came up about you being pregnant. And I was like... Well, we've oh. already thinking. We've already spoken about that. You got two amazing daughters. Uh, but Can I just was say Google... that my
1: Google stuff isn't right? It also says I'm Jewish, and um, oh. it's got my birthday wrong. Like, it's got so much wrong on there. But anyway, go on. <laughs> I don't know how to change well, I, it. It's on I, the Wikipedia. No, no, it's all no. wrong.
0: And I'm not saying I'm not saying Google is correct by any means. I'm just I'm just the messenger of what's some interesting information on page two. Uh, but it did say down the bottom, it gives you some Google suggestions of like Charlie Robinson uh, husband or judge you know, all that sort of different things. And one of them was Charlie Robinson Supercars. Now you've mentioned it a couple of times before, you are infatuated and absolutely love supercars you mentioned that uh your partner liam talbot he races supercars you got engaged at bathurst what a moment
1: i know. yeah so he was about to go out for the porsche carrera cup and they were on the grid and i love mount panorama it's where i've you know was taken as a child to fall in love with the racing and um yeah i didn't expect it i thought we were doing an interview on fox sports about maybe partners supporting or something like that and then he got down on one knee and that was just yeah to me the best moment at the most incredible place on earth mount pedra
0: i've seen i've seen the footage it's unbelievable it's so so nice thank god you look so happy in in your element uh, of love of supercars of him everything it was so so nice and you quickly mentioned that you were brought up with supercars so is that where it came from your family
1: yeah so my dad used to rally car and then he just that was his sports supercars v8 supercars so he would take us to mount panorama as kids and tell us to close our eyes and feel the engines in our soul as they um as they took off on the starting line and they actually did he raised two very much bogan daughters who are complete rev heads we love it as our whole family does it's everything so to have come full circle, I may not be a driver, like I said in my first High Five album, what would you be doing if you're not in a High Five and they said VH you're driver. Um, but I guess I'm doing the next best thing, like I'm on TV for them talking to the drivers, so that's pretty fun to be doing this year. Very different for me, but um, a lot of
0: fun. Absolutely. The fact that you have been able to fill your life with happiness, love, and project it through the things that you do whether it's for work or your passions um, it's just absolutely inspiring it's inspiring i've been inspired by you ever since i met you and you know i follow all of uh, all of your ventures you know on instagram and and i feel like you are just someone who has a really great effect on people and a great effect on life and you have that outlook to just be your best have fun doing it and absolutely love what you're doing so that's, that's Don't, don't wrap. let
1: Instagram fool you, though. I have a lot of bad moments and a lot of terrible things happen. I just don't take photos of them.
0: So that's yeah.
1: why they're not on Instagram. That's, <laughs> and that's isn't, everyone. Everyone uh, has bad moments. I'm just not in a selfie mood at that moment, so I don't get to <laughs> share them with people. I think nobody has the perfect life or career and nobody has it all together. So it's just, you know... You've got to celebrate the good things and focus on the positives, but there's, you know, everybody, everybody needs a deep hug at some point in their life multiple times. So never despair if, you know, life doesn't seem as perfect as someone else's because they're absolutely bullshitty if they're saying it's perfect.
0: (laughs) Hey, you've heard it here first from Charlie. That's fantastic. (laughs) No, it's, it really, it really is true, especially when it comes to all that social media at the moment, um, but look, we, we could go down a rabbit hole there, but we're, we're on such a high note. So look, I really appreciate uh, your time. I know, like you just said, you just landed into Launceston uh, on a job. Yeah. So uh, it's so, so cool sitting in your hotel room there. So you're obviously on site doing a bunch of stuff. So I really appreciate you uh, giving me the time to come on and have a chat. And it's so good to see your face again and, uh, and have a so great catch you up.
1: Too thank you Uh, so much for chatting with me you've actually given me huge insights into my career tonight because i've never ever sat down and talked about it the way i have with you so i feel extremely grateful and for all that i gave up in working so hard for so long at a young age i can see now it was all worth it because i have had those moments of progression and you're the one that's made me realize it so i could be all sad about the fact that i didn't have many friends and all this sort of stuff but look at the career so it's worth it so Thank you so much, Blake. So nice to see no. your face.
0: No, thank you, Charlie. I really appreciate it. And I will uh, I'll message you and I'll get you that slab and we can uh, <laughs> you know, who knows when I when I come up to the Gold Coast to visit some family, we might be able to crack a beer together and uh, and enjoy. So yeah, thank Sounds
1: you. Sounds lovely. Big hug.
0: To catch up on any or all of the Best Mates with Blake episodes, just search Best Mates with Blake wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, to follow along with highlights of the chats, including some clues as to who I might have on the next episodes, follow Best Mates with Blake on Instagram. Cheers!